0: Rock, all right, guys. It's Cajun time and Christmas a little mixed up here. Welcome to the Saint Canard Files, a Dark darkened up podcast. I'm your host, Will Santana, and
1: I'm Mike Russo, and I'm developing a grudging respect for Jambalaya, Jake.
0: <laughs> all right, Mike, man, it's uh, Christmas time, and we could talk a little Bayou Cajun here today. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Christmas is just a couple of days away, so I'm excited.
0: Okay, but before we get into Christmas a little bit, I just want to mention I love Cajun food. Uh, I love gumbo. Uh, I love crawfish. Uh, I get a little timid by, you know, tearing the crawfish open and stuff because to me it looks like a roach. It's like the roach of the sea or something or a roach right. of the swamp. <laughs> but I do love the taste of it. Um, I love spicy food. I love dirty rice. Some people call it Cajun rice, but uh, I, I love Cajun food, man. I love my spices and stuff, man. Cool. I'm I don't really think I've ever had Cajun food. What? You know, maybe I've
1: I've had it once or twice, but it's not something I eat very frequently.
0: Hmm. You know what? I could see that from when I was up north. I don't remember eating Cajun food at all until I moved to the south. So I, I could see that. I definitely could see that. I got my Cajun seasoning and everything, Creole seasoning. Oh, man, I love that stuff, dude. Yeah,
1: it's definitely something that's more southern for sure.
0: Okay, that's, yeah. That's,
1: that's something that people up where I'm from really eat.
0: <laughs>
1: I think you have to go out of your way to get that around
0: here. Okay. All right, but it's also Christmas time, Mike, and you wanted to talk some Christmas. We got to talk Christmas. This is a family show, so. Of course. No, yeah, man, by all means. You know, what do you and your family normally do for Christmas?
1: Um, so Christmas, you know, our big day is Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Like, we it actually even back up. I'll back up a little bit um my wife's family on her mother's side are polish Mm -hmm. so every year we make pierogies oh okay um you know what pierogies are right oh yeah they're pretty good yeah yeah they're really good especially when they're homemade so we go over there we have a whole pierogi party where um we make them with sauerkraut cheese and potato and the whole family will spend like hours Making mm-hmm. these things and they're so good. <laughs> and I know one year we made about a thousand of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's like our that's like the big Christmas tradition in my wife's family. Then on Christmas Eve, that's the big day for all of us. We all get together at my uh, my in laws house as many fa- as much of my wife's family as it can actually fit into the house. Um, it's fun. And we got um we have more kids in the family this year. Um, my daughter has a new a couple of new cousins. And, uh, yeah, Christmas Eve is the big holiday. You know, that's really the big day. Christmas Day is more about just, you know, sitting around watching movies in our pajamas and relaxing. But Christmas Day is big. We'll be up past midnight. Not as much these days because, you know, we have to get you know our daughter home for Santa Claus, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Christmas is just it's I look forward to it. You know, all year, now- it's great.
0: Do y'all watch any like a, a family movie tradition or y'all kind of change it up here and there like do y'all watch certain movies?
1: You know, when it comes to movies, we tend to watch something new. Usually it's something we might have gotten on a Blu-ray or DVD for Christmas. We'll watch so- usually it's something brand new.
0: Okay. Do you um do you ever watch The Dark Queen? It's a wonderful leaf episode.
1: Yeah, what we do um I mean we started the tradition last year. We make a list of all the Christmas specials we want to watch. Mm-hmm. And throughout the month, um, we'll watch them with our daughter. And, our, and of course, It's a Wonderful Leaf is on that list. Okay. You know, lots of different things. And of course, we talked about a lot of this stuff on the last Flash Quack. Anybody who missed that, we did a mm-hmm. Flash Quack earlier this month about our favorite Disney Christmas uh, specials and shorts and movies. So definitely check that out if you haven't listened to it yet.
0: Now, do you have a favorite uh, Christmas memory from your childhood? Like anything in particular?
1: Anything in particular, you know what I I always enjoyed doing uh, with my father, rest in peace? We used to decorate the outside of our house. Oh, okay. We had the most decorated house on the block, really, like as much of the the old plastic light-up ornaments that everybody used to have back in the 80s. We used to just have them all over the house, and I used to love going out there with them in the cold and setting everything up and lighting everything up every year. Mm-hmm. I know we stopped that when he passed away, but um, it was a lot of fun when we did it, and that's I think that's one of the best memories I have of Christmas, just getting to do stuff like that with him. Oh, okay. And, and of course, sneaking downstairs at like 4 a.m. on Christmas morning with my sister to see what we got. Mm-hmm. That was always fun. But how about you? Do you have anything?
0: Uh, I know my wife, she takes the kids uh, to, th- there's this neighborhood around us. Um, I don't know the name of the neighborhood, but normally she takes them to this one neighborhood and like all the houses on like two blocks are just lit up and, you know, people park their cars at the entrance of that subdivision and walk those two blocks and look at each house. I, I think the neighborhood makes it into a competition. Uh, I'm not hundred percent sure. Cause I don't go with them every year, but you know, it's something that they do. Uh, my wife also takes them to, you know um, this mall here called Peachtree mall. You know, there's always a Santa in the mall and you know, they get the, their photos taken with Santa every year. Um, you know, we let them open one gift Christmas Eve. Uh, my wife's a big eggnog person. So she always, we got the eggnog year round, you know, we're well, not year nice. round, but that month,
1: you know, <laughs> my wife loves eggnog.
0: Yeah. I, I normally do the basic, the turkey, the ham, and, you know, a little, some of the, some of the same Thanksgiving food, sweet potato souffle and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I do cook some, uh, movies, you know, we switch it up. I, there's one particular movie I try to watch every year, and that's Bill Murray's uh, Scrooge. I love that that movie. Um, I do that's try. That's a good to stay, one. Yeah, it's a great one to me. I do try to stay away from uh, a Christmas story because TBS plays it for like what 24 hours on Christmas Day. I'm just. You know, I, I'm, I'm I tired of that to, movie.
1: I I actually I really enjoy that movie. We we never end up watching the entire thing in one shot. We'll watch like the beginning here and the middle there and the ending here. Uh, at some point, we'll have watched the whole thing within that 24 hours, but we never watch the whole thing in one sitting because mm-hmm. we're always too busy. But I do make a point to check it out. You're right. TBS runs it to death, but I love that movie.
0: Yeah, and I guess from my childhood, the only the one memory I really enjoy about Christmas was when we were living in Puerto Rico. Uh, Puerto Ricans have this tradition. They call it the Three Kings Day. I guess most people refer to them as the Three Wise Men, and right. it's on – it's on January 6th so uh, in Puerto Rico they got to keep their christmas trees up through January 6th and then on three wise men day or three kings day they would put um, grass in a shoebox and it was for supposed to be like for the camels to come eat the grass and then the three wise men will leave you a gift so you got oh. two like two christmas days you know
1: that's cool I, i've it, heard of that but i didn't know they did that
0: yeah they did that. And you know, because we lived in Puerto Rico, my dad just went ahead and did it too. So we got extra gifts. So for us, it was more Nintendo games. yeah, well, of course, <laughs> but yeah Actually, that,
1: that's... I think Go my ahead. favorite, my favorite Christmas present ever was the year I got the Super Nintendo.
0: Oh, yeah, that's gotta be amazing. I think my best gift ever was when my dad got me my first BMX bike. Oh, my God, I went crazy over that thing. Awesome. Yeah, man, because that was when I, I was like, I'm no longer walking to school, I'm riding my bike, I'm going to the where the skateboarders hang out and ride my bike up there, and that's when I first broke my arm, and the <laughs> first, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, great memories, man, great memories. Yeah, gotta love Christmas. All right, so Mike, what episode are we doing today? We are doing Can't Buy You Love. Now, does that title have anything to do with Can't Buy Me Love, the Patrick Dempsey movie? Um, <laughs> possibly. Yeah. Possibly. And I, by, by the way, I do love that movie, and I know they did a remake with Nick Cannon. Uh, Love Don't Cost a Thing. Oh yeah. Movie. Yeah, it's, it's a, I think it's a solid movie, not a great movie, but a solid '80s teeny barber movie. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, Geraldo was in it. Oh, ah, Rico was Suave. He. <laughs> <laughs> he was in that movie. <laughs> Small role, but he's in it. You can see him from time to time.
1: Okay, so here we are. We're can't buy you love. We're getting a new villain this week.
0: Yeah, new villain. I I like the sidekick villain on this episode, Mike. Yeah,
1: me too. Um so yeah, the original air date for this one was Thursday, September twenty sixth, nineteen ninety one. And it was only ninth in production order.
0: Ooh, is this our earliest one?
1: No, we've done earlier.
0: Okay, okay. So production order, this one's way up there. not even double digit.
1: Nope, not, no, not even. Um, it was the first one animated in Japan out of all the ones we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also has it has a lot of original music in it, too. so you can always you can always tell when they're early episodes when they have a lot of original music. Mm-hmm. And this one kind of has to have it because there's so much like Cajun music in it. Uh-huh. like whenever Jambalaya Jake shows up, like you could tell it's him. It's the soundtrack, starts playing Cajun songs. um. And, obviously, you can't use that for just any other episode. You know? yeah, it's yeah. got to be on this one. So, yeah, early episode. Our story editor is Bruce Talkington again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's written by – we have a new writer here, uh, Dean Steffen. Um, he got his start in the late 80s, worked on most Disney shows, other shows like X-Men, Cat, Dog, uh, the newer Masters of the Universe series, Dragon Tales, just uh, a whole bunch of stuff and still active as of this year. Okay. Um, yeah, so new writer, Dean Stefan. And it was animated in um, over at Disney Japan.
0: That's your favorite one so far, right?
1: Um yeah, I'm
0: partial no, you're to Australia, Austra- right? Yeah,
1: I'm yeah. partial to Australia, but I like Disney Japan as well. Um yeah. I think this one being animated in Japan is a big part of why I do like it. Mm-hmm. It's um visually very, very fun. I think the characters are on model. There's a lot of fun animation in it. The backgrounds look great. Um, I think if it had not been animated in Japan, I don't think I would like it very much. In fact, the second and final Jambalaya Jake episode was has much weaker animation, and it's probably why I don't like that one very much. This one I love, and okay. I think the animation has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of standout scenes. I'll mention those when we get there. And... Um, So let's jump right into the plot.
0: Okay. Well, the plot starts off with – they never say her name. It's a woman, uh, and she's speaking about the Bayou uh, Foundation, and she's talking about the donations they received. Do they ever say her name? I I didn't catch it. No,
1: but this character model comes back in Comic Chameleon, and Mm -hmm. in that episode, her name is Mrs. Howell. So okay. I don't I don't think this is the same character because you know how they always reuse, uh, you know, character designs. But it's possible. Mm-hmm. And um oh, by the way, she's also voiced by Jody Carlisle, who voices um, Sarah Bellum. OK, so you guys throwing that out there. So, yeah, it's a Save the Rainforest fun- uh, fundraiser. Not mm-hmm. rainforest. I'm sorry. Save the Bayou fundraiser.
0: Yeah, <laughs> my bad. Yeah, and, you know, as she's giving the speech about the donations they receive, Gumbo jumps in the projector screen.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's Gumbo, and Gumbo is voiced by Jim.
0: He doesn't really talk much, though, does he? Just makes
1: noises here and there? He makes noises here and there. He says yum a few times.
0: (laughs) And he jumps in the screen, and jumbo Jake shows up.
1: jumbo Jake. Everyone's so... So divided over Jumbalaya, Jake. Most people I know consider him very stereotyped, and yeah, I guess you know. Um, I don't hate him. How do you feel about him?
0: Um, I'm not a fan of him. I love Gumbo. Gumbo to me. Oh yeah. He, Gumbo's amazing. He's great. Uh, I don't want to get too much into detail about Jumbalaya. I want to save it for the end when we do our uh, gas gun. You know, canisters. That's, that's fair. Okay, you know, but uh, and it's not all him that I don't like. Uh, I do like the jokes that come with him, you know, as far as his height and stuff like that, you know. Um, but yeah, okay. Well, basically, Jumbo jumps in the projector screen, and then Jumbalaya shows up, and he steals the money from the donations.
1: Right, and right away you get an interesting contrast between Jumbalaya Jake and Gumbo. Mm-hmm. Like Jumbalaya Jake is like very low class. <laughs> like, he, he jumps on the, the banquet table. He just shoves his face into the soup. Meanwhile, we got Gumbo over here. He can't eat something as small as a cocktail weenie without putting a napkin around his neck and eating it with a knife and fork.
0: And he does it several times, man. <laughs> yeah, that's like,
1: that's, like, that's like Gumbo's shtick. He's this big alligator who's so dainty and refined. And now, I, think that's, I think that's such a great characterization. I mean, there have been so many alligators in disney cartoons and movies and i'm so glad they did something different and not just made him like tiktok croc again okay i mean he's his own character and i think it works really well and we'll talk more about him later
0: now mike not to put you on blast and i know you said you never really had cajun food before have you have you ever had gumbo no oh man oh you are missing out Never in
1: my life one day i will i'm sure
0: okay Do, do you know what a gumbo is
1: uh, kind of, but uh, for the folks at home and possibly myself who doesn't know, can you mm-hmm. explain it? Uh,
0: the best way I could explain it is kind of like a stew, <laughs> but it's not really a stew. Uh, yeah. but it has rice in it, it has, like, uh, cut sausages, shrimp, you can do all kind of stuff. And then, of course, it has the Cajun spices in it. It's so good, man. I freaking love it, dude.
1: I'm gonna have to try it sometime.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's really good. Uh, have you ever had jambalaya? No. Okay, Jambalaya is basically same thing, kind of, but no stew at the time. It's just rice with a whole bunch of stuff chopped up in it. You know, you can have green beans, sausage, shrimp, all that stuff. But, of course, the rice is just kind of cooked differently. It's just, you know, basically boiled. And then you add a little more spices to it. It just just doesn't have that stew feel to it, you know?
1: Right, right. Yeah, that's all it is. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. One day. And we didn't even mention who voices Jambalaya Jake. Oh, yeah, we sure didn't. (laughs) <laughs> so and Jake is voiced by Michael Goff. Mm-hmm. And he's um he's had quite a career. Um his career goes back to the mid-80s, and he's yet another one of those voice actors who was in everything. <laughs> like his IMDB page was so nuts, I had to go over to Wikipedia just to narrow it down, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but more so than cartoons and television. He's all over the place with video games, and I feel like that's probably where he's most well-known. hmm You know, um, and I don't—I'm not—I like video games, but my knowledge of a lot of it just basically is the Mario stuff and stuff from the 8- uh, and 16-bit era before there was voice acting in video okay. games. So I can't really go into detail about what his video game career actually was except for the fact that he's done a lot of it. Okay. But as far as the television and Disney voiceover work, um, I think around this time, he was most well-known as far as, for Disney at least, for voicing Gopher from mm-hmm. the Winnie the Pooh show. Um, he, he, you, know that, you know that voice, right? The whistling, the whistling oh, yeah. S's. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did Gopher after. Um, He wasn't the original voice of Gopher. That was Howard Morris. But um, he was Gopher in the 80s and 90s, and they've dropped that character now. They don't use him anymore because he wasn't. An original character from the book, so I don't use him anymore. But he was Gopher, and right before Darkwing Duck, he was Colonel Spigot from Tailspin.
0: Oh, oh okay, I remember Colonel yeah. Spigot.
1: Yeah. So, so he's Jambalaya Jake, and he's he's given this role as all basically. He's he he's he makes it work. Like mm-hmm. he's fun enough to listen to. I'm personally kind of shocked that Jim didn't do this character.
0: Yeah, because Jim is for he lived in New Orleans for for a while, man.
1: Yeah, I um, for about a decade he lived in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and recently, of course, in the Princess and the Frog, he voiced Ray, the Cajun Firefly. Oh yeah. <laughs> a voice I ab- a voice I absolutely love. He's mm-hmm. so great in that movie. They, they let him sing like two entire songs in that film, and um, he was also the voice of Leatherhead, the Cajun Alligator from the original N- Ninja Turtles cartoon. I remember that. Yeah, so he has a history of doing that kind of voice. But at the same time, I guess there's, like, so few characters in this episode. For Jim to voice three of them probably was a bit much. Yeah. You know, and, like, after um uh, Jodie Carlisle's character disappears in a second or two, it's only Darkwing Launchpad, Gumbo, and Jambalaya Jake for the entire show. hmm Like, literally. And if three of them were voiced by Jim, it might have been a little uneven there. So I'm okay. I <laughs> wonder what it would have been like if it was Jim. But I okay. guess we'll never know. But I like it. Michael Go is fine. Goth okay. is fine. Sorry. And um, so yeah. Go, moving on. Yeah, but just, let's get
0: back. Let's <laughs> get the, back. Yeah. But um. Yeah, D W shows up. Or quick. I am the terror flapping the night shows up early.
1: Yeah, very early. And there's no unique entrance line. He tries to get through. I am the scourge that pecks at your nightmares. But he can't get through it because Launchpad's doing um shadow puppets in the, in the, uh, the spotlight. Oh yeah. I and
0: mean, it's hilarious.
1: <laughs> and, um, the animation in this opening sequence is pretty funny. Lots of funny expressions, especially when Darkwing notices what Launchpad's doing mm-hmm. and it gets, and gets thrown off. And, um, but Darkwing captures, um, he, he gets a uh, Jambalaya right away and grabs the money back. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got the, he's got the money and then, Gumbo and Jambalaya run off and they slide down the elevator shaft.
0: Yeah, and then then they show up at they weren't at his hideout though. What it was like they were at a like a bay, you can see the bridge where the boats will park and all that kind of stuff. Well,
1: no, um Jambalaya and Gumbo live in the sewers.
0: Yeah. And but they, they have weren't in the little... sewer for the next scene, were they?
1: Yeah, it's in the sewer, but he's got like a little sewer shanty down there. Oh, A, l- a little okay. shack he's built down there. <laughs> and um, I like this scene. Um, the animation's great as Jumbo is walking around, uh, screaming and ranting about how Darping stopped him, swinging the fish up in the air. Yeah. And while he's uh, getting all, you know, while he's all running around, you got Gumbo behind him trying to clean up the mess after him. He's wearing a bib. He's got a dustpan and a broom. Mm-hmm. It's the contrast between the characters is really fun. And, um, so Was yeah, he
0: eating you know, raw fish. On yeah. That scene? He, just,
1: he eats the raw, he eats the fish. Oh, raw, that's so gross. Right, <laughs> right down to the bone. And, uh, yeah. So he says, um, he better jump back and stay on his side of the swamp. Mm-hmm. Cause the next time he mess with Jambalaya Jake will be his last. I guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. And then,
0: and then we get DW, he's like telescoping the city and uh, he thinks yeah, the telescope. city's on fire.
1: Yeah, it's great. He he sees smoke in the telescope and he flips out, starts screaming, and he goes, "Call my insurance company!" <laughs> it's it's great, and it's not a it's, nothing's on fire. It's just launch pad. Made brownies. And he's made some brownies, <laughs> and uh, he got them from the Gulp and Gourmet, but he says he improvised. So um, you know what I like about this episode? One of the many things I like about it is that. This is one of those episodes where Darkwing's like just a pure cartoon character. He, so many crazy things happen to him in this one. Like mm. he gets he gets pounded like a lot, and he eats he eats the um, the brownie. He smiles for just a second, and then his mouth erupts in flame. <laughs> like like flame just flies out of his mouth, and uh, he puts it out by drinking the entire water cooler.
0: Yeah, this is like the third or fourth time we see he can't handle spices, man.
1: Well, in this episode, my assumption is just Launchpad's a bad cook. (laughs) Because even Jambalaya thinks it smells awful.
0: Yeah, he does. When
1: he sniffs the brownies. So I think you're supposed to assume that the brownies are terrible. It's not Darkwing's fault. Okay. Um, Yeah. but I do, I do like he drinks the entire water cooler. And he tells Launchpad he's on a liquid diet and he has this big swollen rear end.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that bounces across the ground as he walks. And you can hear the liquid <laughs> just bouncing in him. <laughs>
1: it's great. So then Jambalaya and uh, Gumbo are at the bank trying to rip open the, the door of the safe. Mm-hmm. And there's a funny drawing of Jake when the safe door smashes him against the wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like a pancake. And um so they start collecting the money and then there's Devin no entrance shows up. He had no entrance. He just the cloud of smoke shows up and he's just standing there, you know, just all casual. Because mm-hmm. he has no respect for Jambalaya Jake. He even he even insults his height. Yeah. But um they try to escape. Launchpad saves the cash, thankfully. It mm-hmm. Ends up getting stuck in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, LP saving the money, even though he was not trying to just save the cash, he was actually trying to capture, but it's it's good to see LP be very useful, you know?
1: Yeah, and that has a lot to do with this being, like, an earlier show, and they're not sticking Goslin into everything yet. Mm-hmm. So because she's not in it, it allows Launchpad to acti- actively be a secondary character alongside with Darkwing. yeah. And that's important for this episode because he becomes a central figure a little bit later on in the episode. But, you know, it's nice, like, in a couple of episodes from now, we get Fungus Among Us, which is more of this kind of thing, mm-hmm. where launch pads important, like, really playing the sidekick role. And um, so they shut the lights off, and... Um, <laughs> Darby uh, hurts Dar- himself. darkwing Dar- <laughs> stubs his toe in the chair.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And... Um, this is my probably has my favorite animation in the whole episode because there's this one Disney Japan animator. Now, we've already seen this guy's work. He did the lullaby from Darkly Dawns of the Duck Part 2, and he did the Tron Splitter fight in Negaduck. So, he does this scene, and this guy's quirk was having characters point their fingers up in the air and wiggle their finger as they're talking. Mm-hmm. And if you really pay attention to it, you're going to see it like in everything this animator did for every Disney show. And I just have to point it out because it's so distinctive. But anyway, Darkwing grabs his, uh, his um lighter mm-hmm. and he turns it on. He starts the um, – what do you call it? The sprinkler system goes off.
0: Yeah, the fire sprinklers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the, look at the feet on Darkwing's face. is so funny. Yeah, and uh, he floods the bank, and the villains escape again. Luckily, they save the cash at least.
0: Mm-hmm. And then we end up back with Jake. Remember Jake? He's getting a massage. Yeah.
1: He's getting a massage by Gumbo. I love it. And <laughs> so, so Jake is tired of being defeated by Darkwing over and over again. So now he has a plan to catch, you know, to get catch Darkwing in his own game by you know stalking and tracking and setting a trap. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. So what happens next?
0: Well, he he pretty much uh they do another robbery.
1: Right, but the robbery this time was not specifically to steal something, although they clearly have. No. It's to use the burglar alarms to get Darkwing the Launchpad's attention. Yeah. So and which they do.
0: They did they did they definitely got him uh, coming toward them. Cause what I liked about that scene though, real quick, uh, Mike was we get sure. a lot of the rat catcher in this episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love them. Yeah. Whenever they're on the Rat Catcher, I love it. Mm-hmm. And I love the little bit where um, Launchpad asks Darkwing if he'll try another brownie, and Darkwing says he'll try it when he's out of hand grenades.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is oh, a joke yeah.
1: that actually they, they come back to later. Yeah. And, it's um, mentioned
0: a few times. The hand grenades is mentioned a few times. Right. And um,
1: so they Darkwing tries to see what's around the corner, because Jumbo Lajic and Gumbo have escaped. But um, it's just a cat. And it jumps yeah. on launch jumps on launch pad. He drops his brownie, and they leave.
0: But and, uh, Jake uh, Gumbo eats the brownie, doesn't he? No, no, wait. wait before he, yeah, he eats does. it, yeah, but before he eats it, Jake smells the scent of the brownie, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, doesn't he doesn't even say it smells worse than possum innards.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's disgusting. <laughs> and uh, so Gumbo actually isn't this where he sets up a table and grabs a knife and
0: fork? Yeah, this is eats it. the brownie. <laughs>
1: And, uh, and 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 um, Jake gets on his hands and knees and starts you know following the scent.
0: Like a track dog. <laughs>
1: and Gumbo just looks at the camera and shakes his head. He's like, mmm. Mm, mm. It's like, um, he's like, "Look at this guy. Look what I'm look what I'm stuck with."
0: Yeah. And then uh, Gumbo and uh, Jake they show up at Drake's house while LP is uh, making brownies. And this is where we finally get the mention of Honker and Goslin where they're at.
1: Yeah, they actually explain why they're not there. They're at summer camp, right?
0: Yep, they're at summer camp.
1: Yeah, so um he's making brownies for Goslin and Honker. I wonder if they would actually eat those if they were there.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Launchpad throws a few brownies under his flight cap and then he gets ambushed by the bad guys. Yep. He's captured. Yep, captured and uh the bad guys make their entrance right through the wall. <laughs>
0: And then uh, it cuts to Drake. Uh, basically, he's noticing LP is captured, but he says he see dinosaur prints.
1: Well, he says, um, I love the line, either launch pads testing on a new pair of alligator shoes. <laughs> or is in the clutches of that swamp shrimp. And then he hears launch scream. scream. <laughs> it goes so much for the alligator shoe theory.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's the only time in the episode you see him as Drake.
0: Yeah, the only time and it's really quick. Yeah, he's wearing a robe. Mhm. And, and uh he he shows up as Dark Queen and he's he's following them. He's tracked them.
1: Yeah, not even on the rat catcher. He's like on foot. Mhm. He's on foot and he's trying to find cuz they're carrying launchpad in a big sack.
0: Yeah, he noticed they turn a corner and he's like I know that street. It's a dead end.
1: Right, but they actually like crawl up the wall and they're like too high for him to see.
0: Yeah, the old hiding on the ceiling or roof gag, you know, the way where, right. where your arms is touching one building and your legs are touching another wall or something, you know.
1: Yeah, he's <laughs> confused because he says, he's, I saw them go in there. It's a dead end. And uh, so Darkwing leaves. And this is when they take Launchpad back to the zoo, correct?
0: Yeah, this is the first time we see or or get a, the St. Canard Zoo. I think it might be the only time we see it. Is it? I thought we get it one more time.
1: If you can think of the episode, let me know because I'm drawing a blank. Okay. Uh, but um, yeah, Jake says he uh he likes this place because he has a kinship with the reptiles because he's such a snake.
0: Mhm.
1: And Launchpad <laughs> goes, no argument there. And, <laughs> um, so he leaves Gumbo to watch Launchpad. He ties up Launchpad, hooks him up to some explosive. Um, it's his it's his Granny's uh secret formula or something, right? Mhm. He mentions his granny. We're going to see his granny in the next Jambalaya Jake episode.
0: Okay, I just looked on the Darkwing Wikipedia, and it says the St. Canard Zoo was mentioned in Apes of Wrath. It was mentioned. Was it? Yeah.
1: Oh, because I know they definitely don't go there in that episode.
0: No, it says Gosling considers an encounter with gorillas in the wild even better than going to the zoo. That's what Ah, she mentioned. Yeah.
1: Okay, so this is the only time we actually see it, though.
0: Yeah, this is the only time we see it.
1: So, you know... (laughs) So he's gonna use Launchpad's clothes to bait Darkwing. But yeah. how much clothing did he was Launchpad actually wearing?
0: Man, they had that clothes everywhere. Did you see the whole pile of that construction area, man? Like, Jesus. Like, I know he ain't wearing that much clothes. But on top
1: of all of that, he's still wearing Long Johns.
0: Yeah. When he's
1: when he's tied up. So how much clothing was he wearing? <laughs> yeah, and of course, long johns and heart-shaped boxer shorts. Mm-hmm. Which is a cartoon cliche. Everybody wears heart-shaped boxer shorts. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Darkwing, this is when Darkwing starts getting, this is when Darkwing starts taking the lumps. He's driving on the rat catcher, and a manhole cover hits him.
0: Oh, right, yeah.
1: Right into the wall. hmm And then Jake is throwing manhole covers at him, Darkwing's dodging them, and then the whole wall falls on him. Yeah. As it, and then Jake comes by with two more manhole covers and smashes them in the head with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So Darkwing just gets – he gets beaten up, man, in this one. And he follows Launchpad's clothing to a construction site. Yeah. Because as, as Jake says, well, you're hunting for Launchpad. I'll be hunting you.
0: Yeah. He he basically called him out. The challenge has begun.
1: Yeah. Because, you know, the thing with Jambalaya Jake, he isn't smart. And again, yeah, he's a stereotype, but he's tenacious and he's tough.
0: Yeah, he he's, he kind of reminds me of Darkwing a lot because he's cocky and he refers to himself in third person a lot.
1: Right. And even Darkwing says, it was my line at the beginning here, he's developing a grudging respect for him. Mm-hmm. Because he's not, Jake is not a wimp. Not at all. He's not backing down. No, not at all. Like I said, he's super tenacious. And you know what? He isn't smart, but he is clever. Yeah. You know, because he gets to the um he gets to the construction site and this is where he sees the penny on the floor. And he gets nailed with the wrecking ball.
0: Yeah, and then he uh he got tricked into the he cement. He he Darkwing said it wasn't cement
1: though. It was not sixth sense told him it wasn't cement, yeah. Yeah, and it ended
0: up being quicksand.
1: Yep. Again, I think he said it was his granny's formula, his special yeah. quicksand. And <laughs> he, he uses this giant rocket attached to the gas gun to shoot him right out of the quicksand. And he falls right through a building.
0: Yeah, he says, like, I hope that roof will break my fall, but... But <laughs> he crashes
1: through the roof, crashes through every single floor, falls down the stairs,
0: yeah.
1: and he says,
0: I, I wish the floor, the roof was... Wait. I wish the fall was all that was broken. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but Jumba is still coming at him after all that. He he shoots that boomerang rope, man.
1: Yeah, boomerang. The early '90s, the height of Australian uh, pop culture awareness. He's using a boomerang over here. Yeah. And you know he he ties Darkwing up, you know, builds a box around him, and then fills it with real cement this time, fast drying too.
0: But before he filled it up, Darkwing got so cocky, it was like, I can escape this. <laughs> and you know? this box has no cover on it. <laughs> and he's like, the rope is not tied all the way. And <laughs>
1: Yeah, and uh see Jake is clever. He goes, he's got no roof because I can pull the C Man in.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and he, feet, uh, he He leaves on. Yeah, he leaves the uh, He leaves the area as always. The bad guys leaves before the death of the, the, the hero. And uh DW escapes. He, get, he has a hand grenade with him. Yep. And, he's, and he and he
1: blows himself up for the first time in the episode. Not not the only time. <laughs> and he does the um the singed but triumphant line again.
0: Yeah. And then uh Jake, uh Jambalaya Jake, he ends up where Launchpad and uh Gumbo are.
1: Mm-hmm. Back at the zoo. Mm-hmm. And, and uh,
0: is this where we get a scene from the credits, right?
1: Right, we are running out of those. We don't have much of that left. Okay. Um, he's swinging from a vine from the tree. Yeah. That's from the credits.
0: And he he kicks him.
1: Right, he does. And then Jambalaya uh, fires a bow and arrow at him.
0: But what saved Darkwing with the bow and arrow? Three, he shot three arrows. It was three, three arrows. of them, Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: an eight by ten glossy, a whole stack of them in his in his uh, <laughs> inside his shirt.
0: Oh, man, talk about DW cockiness and (laughs) conceitiness.
1: And we didn't mention, which is important, the explosives that are tied to launch pad are tied to a plunger, a dynamite plunger.
0: Yeah, he called it a Bayou milkshake, didn't he? Yes, he does. Mm -hmm.
1: And Darkwing gets, you know, Darkwing's furious because 8x10 glosses are expensive, and he throws them down right on the plunger. I don't know about you. I know it's just his tiniest little tidbit, Tiniest little animation bit, but I love the way the photographs fall on the plunger and oh, then yeah. slowly slide off like paper would, mm-hmm. you know, in both directions. It's such a little touch, but it, you can feel the weight of the papers hitting the plunger when he does okay. that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the explosion goes off. Nobody dies. You know? <laughs> so so nobody was ever in danger. Yeah. And, and somehow they end up inside a turtle shell.
0: Yeah, that part was hilarious. <laughs> the poor turtle. Cause, yeah, because both both of their heads pop out on both ends of the turtle shell. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: And um, so they're off the track Jambalaya in the sewer. And Darkwing knows he lives in the sewer because he says, what, are you kidding me? You ever get a whiff of that guy? <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Jambalaya Jake must stink.
0: Yeah. And then uh, Darkwing knows they're in the right direction because he stepped on a what? A bear trap. Oh yeah.
1: Oh my god, that must have hurt. Uh, He says um, he knows they're getting close, and Launchpad asks how he knows. Mm. (laughs) He says, I feel it in my foot, and he lifts his foot up and the bear trap is stuck to it. He also asks for Launchpad's last brownie, because now he's out of hand grenades.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then uh, Launchpad steps on Gumbo's tail.
1: (laughs) Yes, just as he's telling Darkwing to watch where he steps, he steps on Gumbo's tail.
0: I know, right? (laughs) So
1: Gumbo chases after Launchpad, and then we get this scene with Darkwing and Jake.
0: Yeah, Jambalaya challenges him to a wrestling match.
1: Okay, so this scene where they go, none of this, none of that, okay? That is directly from a Chuck Jones Daffy Duck cartoon. Maybe you've seen it. It's the one where Daffy and Elmer Fudd end up in a wrestling match. Ah. And Daffy keeps saying we have to go through, go by some rules. You know, none of this, none of that, and he keeps pounding on Elmer. Mm-hmm. And at the end, Elmer is like, "But wait a minute, you said none of this, none of that," and he starts pounding on Daffy. Like okay. that's that's literally what they're referencing here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where you know Jake's like, you know, none of this, none of that, hitting him with an anvil, with a mallet. He even sticks a stick of dynamite in Darkwing's
0: mouth. Yeah. Now during this wrestling match, uh Mike, we get another credit scene, don't we? Oh, not credit, but the the opening scene. Do the opening we? credit? Yeah, when uh Darkwing is kicking Jambalaya in the face several times. No, that I've seen that somewhere else, but it's not in the main it's not in the title s- sequence. It's is not. it the kicking in the groove? Yes, it was. Okay, that's where I saw that scene. I was like, man, I know that. That's is that in the opening credits or kicking in the groove? I couldn't I wasn't hundred percent sure.
1: Yeah, definitely kicking in the groove. Okay. So, yeah, um, so Jake is just getting mad because Darkwing's making a fool out of him now because Darkwing doesn't um, – Darkwing tries to freak him out with an M.I. on the Terror, you know, entrance, and uh, he grabs a tomahawk and tries to go after Darkwing, and um, Jake says you can't make Jake do what he don't want to do, but Gumbo <laughs> can because oh, yeah. Darkwing that, – that brownie finally comes back into play. He puts the brownie into his overalls and gets yeah. uh, Gumbo to come after him.
0: Yeah, Gumbo's chasing them, and uh, they fall down the whirlpool, man.
1: Right, and they get flushed away. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, at the end, um, I, I like the end, the last line between Launchpad and Darkwing. Launchpad, uh, Launchpad, wait, Darkwing says, The world can never be safe from anybody who fights Darkwing Duck to a standstill and survives your brownies.
0: I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So,
1: you know, it's it's a fun episode. I really think, for me, the animation has a lot to do with it. And Darkwing, and it's just, it's cartoony. Darkwing takes a lot of lumps in this one, too. Mm-hmm. And I just, I enjoy it. It's like, it's slightly manic. It has a good energy to it as well. It does, never drags. Mm-hmm. It never drags. And it's just, it's just, it's a fun one. I do enjoy it.
0: Okay. Um, I, I, I can have mixed feelings. I'm more on the plus side on this one. Um, I, I love the jokes, man. The jokes are hilarious on this one. I love the gags of him getting blown up. Uh, you know, his mouth, uh, exploding when he eats the brownie and he drinks all the water, the animation. I love the part when he drinks the water jug and you can see the shadow of his handprint on the other side of the water. I love that detail of it. You know? Yeah, that's Japan for you. Yeah, man, it was so detailed. I love the quicksand. I love the cement scene when he blows himself up. The animation was amazing on this one. You know, like even when it opens up and he's inside the 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 speech where she's talking about the foundation and they're inside that dining room area. Right. You know, the, the candles are lit. The tables are all completely set up. The animation is amazing on this one.
1: Um, J- Japan does a really good job. They really do.
0: Yeah, on this episode, I'm going to go ahead and rate it right now since I'm really talking about it. Go for it. I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to give it three gas gun canisters on this one. How about you?
1: That's where I'm going to give it two.
0: Okay, you're going to give it three?
1: Yeah, three gas gun canisters. Again, much like you, the animation has a lot to do with it. If this had been a Sunwoo episode, I probably would give it a two. Yeah. But But I think the visuals help the gags. Like and straight ga- out, you said it. like the word "gag." You keep calling them gag. That's, what I, that's, what I, that's how I should be referenced. The gags work because the animation is so cartoony, mm-hmm. and just like a negaduck has all these cartoony gags that Japan just nails. That's why this one works, and that's why the sequel Jake episode doesn't work. Yeah, you know.
0: And Gumbo really works, man. I like Gumbo. He is just hilarious as a sidekick, man. He really is. Gumbo works really well. I think they were very smart
1: to give him that character quirk, mm-hmm. where he's all proper, he's all dainty and delicate when he eats, and he seems almost ashamed he has to put up with Jake.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But as the pet, as the you know inarticulate creature, he has no choice. Yeah, but. But I I love I do like their relationship that Jake is more of an animal
0: than Gumbo is. Yeah. Now what brings the episode down for me, and this is where I'll also kind of squeeze in my rating for the villain, our gas you know gas gun canisters here. What right. brings the episode down for me, Mike, is I kind of wish they would have wrote it to where Drake and uh well not Drake Darkwing and Launchpad would have made a trip to the Bayou area where I think his character would have fit more instead of being in the sewer. I didn't really like that. I kind of wish, you know, that like they had to go down to the swamp. You know, Honker and Goslin, they're on they're at summer camp and they would have took a vacation down there and like, "Hey, let's go Cajun, you know, go, let's hit up the swamps. Let's go eat some Cajun food. Let's go hit up Mardi Gras type thing, you know, we're on vacation it's the summer, you know." That would have
1: been a very fun change of pace visually for the show. Mm-hmm. But they don't the show doesn't do the travel episodes the way DuckTales did. Yeah. Like that would have been a bigger component of double O Duck. You know, going mm-hmm. off the productions, pre-production, like the layout, like those early production sketches by Mike Peraza, they were gonna travel a lot more. Mm-hmm. And you know, once they retooled the show, that aspect, like we saw it on War to Go when they went to Oil Arabia. Yeah. And on Apes of Wrath when they went to the jungle. But we don't we don't get a lot of that. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like this epi- I feel like Jambalaya Jake, they could have done that.
0: Yeah. It would
1: have been a lot more interesting if they fought him on his own stomping grounds.
0: Yeah, that's what I felt like this episode was missing. So like that's why I kind of take it down a notch. But I feel the animation and the gags and gumbo is like what still makes it interesting. It's not a bad episode. Not at all, you know? Right. And so with my rating for Jambalaya Jake, I give him I'm going to give him a three, even though I'm not a fan of him. I do like that he he doesn't back down. You know, um, I love the jokes that, you know, Darkwing references about his height. And Gumbo saves him to me, you know. So I I give him a three. If it was just him
1: on his own, well, I don't (sighs) think. I think it would have been a much weaker episode. I think bringing in Gumbo really
0: helped. It really helps big time. I agree with you on that, definitely. Uh, Gumbo saves him the, to me overall. Um, he he gets a little annoying. He, his accent is so stereotype, even though it does work. Yeah, um, you know, and, and you know the jokes with it, you know, the the bayou milkshake and all that kind of stuff that works too. But overall, I'm not a fan of Jambalaya because he really doesn't bring nothing to really threaten Darkwing. You know, he just. He's just not scared. He's just not going to back down, though, you know? Right. I mean, he's
1: tough. He's no wimp. So he's definitely still... I still think he's a better villain than a character like Lilliput or Trenchrot. Oh, yeah. All those (laughs) other villains we didn't give very high scores to. Mm -hmm. He's still better than all of them because he's a challenge. Yeah. Like, he he, he beats up Darkwing pretty good. Yeah. So Darkwing takes his lumps. I'm so gonna give him three. Guess I'm gonna give him three as well. Okay. And a three? lot of that is on the strength of
0: gumbo. Yeah, same here, man. Gumbo really, really helps him a lot. I, I would think maybe if he would fight on his turf, I would have gave him a little more, you know. But because they're in Saint Canard and in the sewer, it kind of doesn't make too much sense to me. But it's not a bad episode at all, at all.
1: They, they do go to the bayou at the beginning of the sequel episode, Double Dark Wings, mm-hmm. but Darkwing never goes there. Yeah. You know. That episode I that one's I'm not a fan of and it's, <laughs> it's 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 a good example of why they probably did not use him more than twice. Mhm. You know, um, cuz this is just he's one of those villains you he's kind of like Ammonia Pine where he's just one big Cajun pun. Yeah. And that's pretty much all he is and when you do one plot with him, you've pretty much done with him.
0: Yeah you okay. know i see where you're going with that i see the comparison yeah. okay
1: but um yeah, yeah so that's can buy you love i like it, yeah, know, it's,
0: it's... it, it it's, it's not a bad episode i hope i didn't come off like saying that this is a bad episode uh i do like the episode it really is gumbo though man <laughs> gumbo makes me watch this episode you know
1: yeah i can't it, get enough of gumbo
0: yeah I, c- I can't get enough of him either um, and I, uh, the animation, the animation is great on this one.
1: Yeah, it really is. Um, no Japan for a while after this. Um, mm-hmm. I think the next one for them is probably Toys R Us with Quackerjack. All right. Um, but we got we got a ways before we got – They only did a handful of episodes. Their top tier studios only did what was it like seven episodes and we've already done three of them okay so we don't have a lot of disney japan at least the top tier studios um but yeah next time we're coming back to sunwoo for uh bearskin thug okay which um all i'll say right now is don't buy into the hate for that one
0: some no, I like it. have, but some
1: people have this. This episode often gets trashed from people really? who are. Yes, I think it's a great Goslin episode. I will explain why next week.
0: Yeah, and I, I like that the, the Muddlefoots are in it too. So.
1: Yeah, and Steelbeak. It's
0: Steelbeak. <laughs> minor,
1: you know, it's minor appearance, but it's still Steelbeak. But yeah, yeah we'll um we'll unroll our sleeping bags, get our marshmallows out next time for that episode. Mm-hmm. And okay. yeah, um. So yeah that that's it that's this episode.
0: All right so Mike uh, where can they uh, listen to our podcast at
1: um Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple devices, we're on YouTube, Pocket Cast and
0: one more, you always radio forget this public.
1: One. Yeah, you got it. Yes, got them all, <laughs> finally. Yes, all right. All right. And, and you um, guys
0: can follow us on Facebook. We are on the St. canard Files, the Dark wind Up podcast page. We also have an Instagram. The Instagram is still growing, Mike. Still doing pretty good, man. Yeah. Uh, we just got to be more active on there. Uh, I posted some photos on there recently, and people are acting to it, they like the photos. Um, of course at the time of this recording it's Halloween time so I posted some Halloween stuff there Uh, but this is a Christmas episode you know when it airs (laughs) yeah man so Mike man uh, you got anything else you want to say?
1: cat's out of the bag Will it's not two days before Christmas at
0: the time of this recording oh no
1: (laughs) 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 no I don't really have anything else to um, add about this one this uh Yeah, except that if you're listening to us on a podcast app where you can rate and review, please do that. Um, And just be active on our our Facebook page, too. Uh, Like things, comment on things, post in the visitor section. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we've got a few bigger names on the group now. Uh, I know Jim Cummings is there. Aaron Sparrow is there. Um, So, yeah. Katie Katie Lee is there, too. Um, I know one of the writers from some of the episodes, Jim Peterson, is following us, too. And, um, yeah, so we're growing.
0: All right. uh, My shout-out for this episode is going to be to Megan Edwards. Megan, she's been coming on hard on your Character of the Week last couple of weeks, man. She's responding and being very active on there, man.
1: I've noticed. So, uh, Megan, I hope you enjoyed uh, the Character of the Week this week on Jambalaya, Chicken Gumbo. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, so that's it. I think we are... I think we're out of here for today.
0: Yeah, we're out of here. So you guys make sure stay dangerous and have a Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas, everybody.
0: All right. Good night, y'all. Good
1: night.